Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Paddock and the Pavilion for the fourth show of our Festive Five. With me, your host, Stephen Wallace. On today's show, we have one of our most inspiring guests, Natalie O'Rourke, MBE, the manager of Park Lane Stables, who updates us on their move back to Teddington in southwest London. Natalie and Park Lane Stables were one of the good news stories of 2021, when the award-winning charity and Riding for the Disabled Association Centre were saved from closure by the generosity of the general public. In this feel-good podcast, we have a lot of good days at Park Lane, says Natalie, you will hear what Natalie and her team have planned for their return in April 2024, together with news of a trip to the ladies' singles final at Wimbledon, pony racing and her son Woody's love of Brentford Football Club. Park Lane Stables is coming home. Hello, Natalie. Welcome back to the Paddock and the Pavilion. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for having me back on. Yeah, last time it was... December 2022, when you were last on, I looked up the first time you were on was back at the end of January 2021, when you were surrounded by Elliot and Trigger. Yeah, yeah. And they're still very much with us. They're not with me right now here today. But yeah, they're still very much part of the Park Lane family. Well, hopefully they're not there with you at the moment, as we're recording inside. Yeah. (laughs) No, their family tucked up in bed for the night in the stables. And the last time we spoke, you had just received your MBE. The paperback version was out of Only Heroes and Horses. And you'd been on the BBC Breakfast Sofa. Yeah, gosh, so many things have happened. Yeah, it's all, um, it all, always feels like a bit of a whirlwind. Um, and there's never much time to reflect on what's happened. So when you remind me of those things, it's like, oh, my goodness, yeah, that happened. Um, yeah, and it's sort of 12 months since I got my MBE and I've tried really hard to use the MBE to sort of have a voice, really, because when you get an MBE, people listen to you more, which is great. And um, I was determined to sort of put it to good use, really, and not just receive it and not really do anything with it. So I'm part of the... Um, Diversity and Inclusion Committee, a national committee for Pony Club. So I'm part of a group that's trying to create change and create more inclusion within the Pony Club. 
Um, so that's one of the things I'm doing. And then I've been doing some public speaking about social licensing because, as your listeners will be acutely aware of, especially with the racing industry, we've all got to be really, really mindful of public opinion and we really need to be careful of um, the public's perception of, of horses. Um, so that's one of the things I've been doing this year is trying to get a really strong, positive message out there about about horses. Well, it's very important, Natalie, to get a positive message about all the good things that, that horses do in public life. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yes, that, that's what I'm always trying to do is tell the good side of it, really, tell the good side of everything to do with horses and get, get that message out there so when something negative does occur occur we've tried to balance it out really because I think things are shifting aren't they and we need to be very mindful of that as an industry especially in the area where you are because you're living in a city so it's even more important I think in a city to uh, let people know how good horses are and on all the positive messages you can put out to the city people is even more important I think yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't know how many horses there are in London, but the actual fact there's probably quite a lot because we've got um, the Household Cavalry and we've got the King's Troop and we've got the Metropolitan Police Horses and the City Police Horses and then the charities like, like us. But you're right, um, we have to work really, really hard to keep the public on side because in a city... People don't expect to see a horse and it's not it's not a natural environment for a horse. So we work really hard at Park Lane to give the horses the best life that we possibly can. And we spend many, many hours transporting horses because um, our horses do like shift work. So they'll do sort of four or five days um, of their work and then they'll go to the field and, and relax and be horses and be in a herd and graze and do everything that horses are meant to do. And we work really hard to make that happen. Um, but yeah, it is hard keeping horses in the city. And when I've, I was lucky enough to go to the Royal Mews and, um, what was really like exciting for me was they have exactly the same problems as us because the horses get sharp. There's nowhere to store the hay. There's nowhere to store the feed. People don't want to deliver things to you because you're in the ultra low emission zone. So it's really comforting to know that um, royalty have the same issues that we do. Well, on this podcast, we're going to focus on the move. Uh, Park Lane Stables is coming home, isn't it? We're also so going to, much so, yeah. We're yeah. also going to talk about some of the uh, exciting things that have happened to members of uh, Park Lane Stables uh, during 2023. We've got Wimbledon tennis to talk about. We've got pony racing talking about your book signings, find out what Christmas is going to be like at Park Lane. And we've also got time for some news of Woody Welcomes and how Brentford have been getting on in the the Premier League. But let's start with what I'm sure lots of listeners will want to hear about is Park Lane Stables coming home. What's the latest news on the Park Lane Stables move back to Teddington? Well, it's underway. So uh, Greg is our builder and he's very, very busy uh, beavering away, getting it getting it all done. Um, he's contracted to finish on March the 29th. So um, we're, we're due to be finished then. 
there will be then a bit of time where we're getting used to the building and then we're getting the horses re- reused to it again. So realistically, I think we'll be back open sometime in April. Um, but it's very exciting. I'm not supposed to go and look at the site. I'm supposed to keep away, but that's very difficult. So I go and stick my nose in now and then. Um, and it's quite hard to orientate myself when I get there because it all already looks really, really different. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very exciting. We've got, um, the, the people that sponsored a brick. Um, we've chosen the people that are going to supply the bricks and we've chosen what the engraving is going to look like. So we're really excited that people will be able to come and visit and see their brick. Um, and then we've had um, some help from uh, Monarch Stabling. They've been advising us about um, welfare lighting for the horses. So we're going to make it as good as possible for the horses and as accessible as possible for people with additional needs. So um, yeah, we're really excited. We just, um, I'm just really happy that it's underway and, um, it won't be too long now before we're home. Picking up about the bricks, I, I saw some posts on Facebook. Just let listeners know what you mean by the, the bricks. Yeah. So basically, when we did the crowdfunding campaign, um, one of the things you have to do when you're crowdfunding is you have to, um, have like, uh, something that people can, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a, not a prize, but, um, something that people can can get for their donation. So one of the things we had in our crowdfunding campaign was um, sponsor a brick. So for £100, you could sponsor a brick and you could have it engraved with your name or your dog's name or your mum's name or, you know, within reason what you wanted. Um, so we, in, when we were doing the crowdfunding, we sold over a 1,000 bricks. And then when I was having site meetings with the builder and the architect, they said, oh, you can sell some more bricks if you want, because now we've designed it, we've worked out that we do need some more bricks. So then we had a little quick flurry, um, like it was just over a weekend, because the builder told me on the Friday and he said, the cutoff is for Monday because we have to order the bricks. And so we had a little weekend sale of bricks and we sold quite a few more bricks. Um, but essentially people have, um, you know, put their name or somebody they want to remember. Um, and that will be part of the building. So yeah, we're really excited about that. And just take us back to when you saved Park Lane Stables. How much was it that you, you raised? And is, is all the money going towards the, the rebuild? Yeah. So crowdfunding's really strict. So, um, it was what in the charity sector it's what you call restricted funds so it meant that the money that we got from the crowdfunding campaign we couldn't use it for running costs or anything like that it had to go specifically to what we'd said so um we purchased the building and then um we bought a lorry because that was one of the things that i'd said we needed because our our old lorry was literally on its last legs and there's no way it was going to make it through the new eulers um, so we managed to purchase the lorry, purchase the building, and um, and now we're refurbishing the building with um, money that's that we've got left because essentially the um, the building was two hundred years old and we'd been renting it for fifteen years and our rent was pretty high so we didn't have any spare money to like um, give it the love that it needed so you can imagine it needed quite a lot of TLC. And also because it, when it was built and designed, it wasn't designed with horse welfare or disabled people in mind. 
So we've had to to bring it into 2023. We've had to make quite a few changes. And how many horses will you be able to to stable at Park Lane Stables in Teddington? Not that many, actually. Um, there used to be 10. We used to have 10, which sounds crazy now because, you know, because we've been in a temporary location for sort of uh, two and a half years. We've got used to having lots of horses and lots of space. Um, but it was 10 and now it's going to be nine. So, um, yeah, it's going to be quite a lot of change. Will you be able to provide more lessons? No. Um, <laughs> we're, so basically, we're at absolutely maximum capacity. We're quite a small team and um, we don't want to dilute what we're doing. So this is this has been a real moral dilemma because obviously our profile was raised and loads and loads of people found us that needed us. Um, and at the last year when we did our sort of stats, we helped a thousand families and we did six thousand sessions in a year. Realistically, we can't do more than that without making ourselves unwell, you know. We've got more horses than humans, so the, the horses do like a roll on, roll off shift pattern, but the humans don't. Um, so we can't really do more sessions, but the main thing that's going to happen, um, when we go home is there's going to be a horse available at all times for people to interact with because what we recognised with was that we can't offer more sessions. We just realistically can't. But what we can do is say to people, you can come and you can just hang out and you can um, fuss a horse and meet a horse and be near a horse because we wanted to take that barrier away that of people always needing an, appoint an appointment. So there's going to be a cuddle horse available, um, not all night, but definitely all day. Um, and we used to close the cuddle horse door at about 10 p.m. at night. So we'll see how it evolves. But um, it just means that people will be welcome to come and drop in and have a cuppa and a chat and have a stroke of a horse. I think the main problem is going to be discouraging people from like feeding the cuddle horse because we otherwise we're just going to have this obese greedy spoiled cuddle horse so we're just going to have to explain to people that he's the, or he or she um is the cuddle horse and not not to be fed so uh, i think that's going to be the biggest challenge to be honest but linking it to what we said at the beginning of the podcast uh, a cuddle horse could be very important for children in london area who've not been in contact with a horse before yeah absolutely and to be honest i started the cuddle horse in lockdown and i kick myself that i didn't think of that you know 12 years earlier when i started the stables i don't know why it took me 12 years to come up with that so in lockdown obviously people couldn't um see other humans or or, or do anything so we we built this sort of stable that went out onto the street and people could just come and stroke the horse. And we called it the cuddle horse of the day. So we would put a different horse in there each day so one horse wasn't get, getting overwhelmed by it. And people would queue up and, and, and stroke the horse and interact with the horse. And people, what I noticed was we kept it open till 10 o'clock because parents would come in the evening when they'd like put their children to bed and even adults wanted to spend a bit of time with the horse. So 
we we recognized that this was you know it was really powerful for people and really healing so that's why with the redesign of the stables it was really important that we we had the cuddle horse as um a permanent fixture how important has petersham been to park lane stables i, I don't know when you actually moved to there i visited there myself but how mm. important has it been in keeping park lane stables going well, it's been a lifeline. I mean, without it, we would have closed for sure. It's really difficult to look back on that period because it was a really sort of dark time. But Peter McCormack, that owns the stables in Petersham, he um, reached out to us and literally gave us a lifeline at a time when we were drowning, really, because if he hadn't let us move to there, we would have had to put the horses in the field and stop all services. Um, so. Essentially, I mean, it wasn't seamless because obviously we had to, there was a period of adjustment, but we moved hook, line and sinker in one day, believe it or not. And when was that? When did you actually move? Well, the lease ran out on May the 31st, uh, 2021. So we moved on either May the 30th or the 31st. We, we had to get out. Um, we were forced. So, yeah, it was absolutely awful. I mean, I was hysterical crying. It was dreadful. Um, and loads of people were so kind to me because I wasn't able to sort of function because I was so brokenhearted. Um, but Peter McCormack was so, so kind to us. And, you know, we've made it work and, and we've kept going and we've delivered more sessions than we've ever done more people have found us that really, really need us with really complex needs. Like this morning, we had a school. The children have got such complex needs. Um, but they were riding, you know, and they were loving it and, and really enjoying it. And that's all down to Peter letting us have, have his yard at Petersham. So, so many children would have missed out if you'd have had to have closed. That's two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, and last year we helped a thousand families. I mean, imagine that. Um, and we're doing equine therapy now. So we have, um, we have a, a counselor on site that's delivering, um, counseling and therapy sessions with, with a horse involved. You know, so if you think how many people we've helped because he allowed us to use his facility and we just simply wouldn't have been able to do that without him because in London, there just isn't that, it just isn't like that. I mean, if you go to, I don't know, Lincolnshire or somewhere, um, or Norfolk, there's loads of stables and, um, farms, isn't there, and land, but it's just not like that in London. Um, so yeah, we were extremely fortunate and, and we're forever grateful to him. But you must be ready to go home and back to Teddington though. We are. I mean, yeah, I've, I've, sort of yearn for it really um we've adjusted to petersham um and everyone's done really well like the horses have done really well the whole team's done really well but yeah being at home it's 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 very different it's hard to explain really but but yeah it's home you know so it is literally like going home and um yeah we can't wait and people People have noticed that the scaffolding's up and there's something going on and people are like, um, oh, you know, we can't wait. And there's a sort of real buzz around it and a buzz around the community. So, um, yeah, it's going to be great. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, let's move on to some of the other, ex- other exciting things that have happened at Park Lane today. Well, some of them not at Park Lane, but... <laughs> You went to the Wimbledon Ladies singles final. What was all that about? Well, we got a phone call at the stables and it was um, the Wimbledon um, Tennis Foundation. And um, this lovely lady said um, that we were the chosen charity of Jennifer Hewitt, who is um, the chairman's wife. So the chairman is called Ian Hewitt and his wife is Jennifer. And last year... So in 2022, I was lucky enough to go in the Royal Box and um, I was a little overwhelmed, if I'm honest, and I was quite shy. So it was I was sitting with Tim Peake and Martina Navratilova and I was thinking, what on earth conversation can I bring, you know? So I, I was actually quite shy that day, I remember. I was, I was a bit, you know, in awe of everything that was going on and... Um, However, they called me and they said, oh, you're the chosen charity for Jennifer Hewitt because um, she met you at the Royal Box last year and she'd really like you to send a female representative to um, toss the coin at the ladies' final. So I couldn't believe it, you know. Um, anyway, there was only one person that because they said the person has to be ambulant, articulate, confident, um you know, happy on camera, happy with media attention. They were saying all these things to me and they wanted a child. I thought there's only one person that, that for this and she's called Philippa George. She's like phenomenal. And, um, but she's not a child. So I listened to everything they said and I said, okay, I'll come back to you. And then I sent them a little video of, um, Philippa and said, look, I know you said a child, but it just has to be Philippa. Um, and they watched the video and they totally agreed with me. And then, uh, Philippa and I went to Wimbledon and we did like a dry run and she went onto centre court. Nobody's allowed onto centre court. Like Philippa was allowed. I was not allowed. Um, and she tossed the coin and she practiced and we did like a run through a walkthrough of everything that would happen on the day. Um, I actually didn't go to the final because I was at the RDA national championships. And um, I had a grade one rider who, um, Yasmina, who, like, she wants to be in the Paralympics and she qualified for the RTA National Championships, which is at Hartbury in Gloucestershire. And I was like, oh, I can't leave Yasmina. I have to go to Hartbury. I know Philippa will be fine. Um, so one of our volunteers actually took my ticket, a lovely volunteer called Kate, who is just gives all her time to the stables. 
Um, so she went and, um, Philippa smashed it. She absolutely smashed it. I, I, I knew she would. Um, and, you know, what an exciting day and what a privilege. And, um, yeah, we were, we were just absolutely delighted. And, and actually last week, uh, Ian and Jennifer Hewitt came to the stables. It was a really cold day and, um, you know, they came to the stables and they, they came to see what happens at the stables and they met the team and, watch some sessions so yeah it was it was really um it was really we felt really privileged you know that to be chosen for something like that is was amazing and also the charity on the sunday for the men's final was water aid so if you think water aid is like a huge charity like worldwide and then there's us tiny little part lane stables we we're chosen for the ladies final so yeah, we were blown away. It was a re- really big highlight of the year. But you weren't there. No, no I wasn't. But I, I, I didn't mind because Kate, the volunteer who I gave the ticket to, she loves tennis. She's a huge tennis fan. So it was really important that somebody went that would enjoy it. And I had no worries about Philippa. I mean, she is, like, so confident and I there's no I couldn't think of anybody better to represent us. She was she was just perfect. A truly special day for Park Lane Stables, though. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Pony racing. Where where have you been mm. this year? Pony racing. Well, most recently we went to Lingfield, and we went to Ascot in uh, April. Lingfield's fresher in my mind, obviously, because that was m- most recent. Uh, so we had. We only had two runners at Lingfield, actually, and it was much easier for me because I'm at, in April at Ascot. I'm sure we had four runners. Oh, and we did Wolverhampton. This no, this year we've done Ascot, Wolverhampton, and Lingfield, and it's quite hard when you've got more than two runners because obviously there's me, <laughs> um, and then um, you know I try and grab more people to help me and get some volunteers to come along, but. It's hard because I've trained the kids and then you've got to manage their um, sort of mindset on the day. So I'm trying to manage the horse, well, pony, <laughs> look after the pony, get everything ready, go in the parade ring. Um, but more importantly, manage the mindset of the child because it for it's their first go at racing and we can teach them all the technical skills and we we give them toolkits for mindset, but on the day it can be really, really overwhelming for them. So, yeah, just having two ponies at Lingfield was much easier for me. And um, there's a there was a girl that raced called Addie, and um, she, you know she we had Addie and Max. Max is quite confident, so he's actually one to watch. He's called Max Munns. I would look out for him in the future because he's like O'Shane. So. Max reminds me of when I had O'Shane, so I think Max will probably go on and do well. Um, Addie is really different. She's quite, like, nervous, and sometimes her nerves get the better of her. And um, anyway, Addie did so well. The pony was being quite sharp, and I thought, oh, you know, um, going down to the start, but she managed the pony. And then she came, um, I believe she was third, but to be honest, I couldn't have been more proud if she would have won because she gave it everything. She rode her absolute best. And, um, you know, she, she overcame her nerves and she remembered everything she'd been taught. So 
yeah, so proud of them all. But um, yeah, that was that was a really good day. We have a lot of good days at Parkland. <laughs> it sounds like it. And remembering O'Shane, I've just been in contact with him today, and of course, O'Shane Marsh, who rides out for Charlie Fellows. He's eighteen now. He won for you at uh, at Ascot on Doogie. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and um, I remember that day very clearly as well because you know um, he he was always confident and he's got um, you know charisma uh, and he was brave and and fit and everything. But but we never expect to win because we're from a pony club centre, so you know you're up against trainers kids quite often that are on thoroughbred ponies my ponies are absolutely fantastic but they are not thoroughbreds because they have a day job you know they have to do rta and and racing so yeah for us to have a win is like whoa you know incredible um but o'shane really gave him the best ride um yeah so i'm you know so delighted to hear that he's gone on and stayed in the industry and that he's doing well really really pleased for him and how's doogie is he doing well he's actually been injured he's had a ligament injury um so we've he's been on box rest but feels like forever um and we've been gradually bringing him back into work so yeah touch wood he's on the mend we were talking off air. You've also got um, a member of Park Lane Stables who's going to go to the British Racing School, where you visited only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so Louis Wolf, who um, yeah, oh, I met Wolf. I met Louis when I came to to visit yeah, you about yeah. two so years he, ago. Yeah. So he actually did the Pony Racing Academy with me, uh, and then he did the Riding a Dream Academy. So um, he's gone through those two processes. And he's heart set on um, racing. He's been working for me since he left school, so for 12 months. And um, and we're really, really chuffed that he's been accepted um, at the British Racing School. And he starts in January. So we're devastated for us because we're going to miss him. And he's so helpful. Um, but we're delighted for him. And this is everything he's ever dreamed of. And he's worked so hard for it. He, he really, really deserves it. And this is a nine-week course is going on? I think so. No, it might be the slightly longer one, I think. I think it's maybe the 12-week one. Um, but he's very excited. I've seen the programme. It's like, ooh, it's hardcore. They don't get a day off. It's, you know, it's really great preparation for the industry. And they also teach them life skills. So they teach them things that will be helpful to them in the future, you know, like... Um, sewing a button on or uh, changing a tyre and those sort of life skills that his age group really need. So, um, yeah, really, really happy for him. And we were at the British Racing School a couple of weeks ago because we did the Riding a Dream Academy taste today. So I had 10 children that I took down for the day. Really fantastic opportunity for them. So they, they all went on the exercises and then they had a riding lesson in the arena really really great and for them to have a tour of the british racing school and everything so it's sort of whet their appetite for the future that they they want more so um yeah we've got new ones coming through all the time that's fantastic uh only heroes and horses paperback has been out quite a while now how are the sales going on the book yeah really good um i think they've gone so well that we're now going to the second print because um they've all gone um 
we might have some exciting news to share in uh, 2024, but I can't say more than that at the moment. But yeah, I would say get your hands on a copy while you can, because um, they might be quite hot property in the spring next year. The demand will go up for sure. But um, no, we've, I'm really delighted that the book's done so well. And I've had lovely letters and emails from people that have read it and really, you know, just gorgeous feedback. So um, I'm really pleased about that. It's an inspiring story, Natalie. When you give your talks, do you does it really please you that the book can inspire people? Because I know you said on previous podcasts you had some dark times yourself. Yeah, and when when that was my hope from the book, my hope was that if somebody hit the bottom, that they would remember from reading the book that if you just hold on, the only way to go is up. And that was my hope, really, that people would read it and remember that because everybody's life goes up and down, doesn't it? Nobody's life goes up all the time. And it's when you're in those low points and dark times that, you need to find some sort of inner strength to hold on and find your way back up. And that's what I was hoping. I thought, I really hope people read this and it gives them that sort of, you know, idea that you can, you can, whatever, however bad it is, whatever's happened, whatever you've lost, whatever situation you're in, there is a way out of it. And that was my hope from writing it. And people have written to me, you know, and said, absolutely lovely things and there's people that write to me and when I say write I mean write on paper not not email you know um and they write me letters and I write back to them and it's it's having that connection with people as well that it's that it's touched them enough for them to to reach out so yeah I'm really really delighted about that and you're still doing talks and taking trigger along with you yeah, so I do a fair bit of public speaking and um, if it's appropriate, I take Trigger with me. And this week, uh, Trigger and I, um, there's this really, really inspirational lady and um, you might want your, your listeners might want to look her up. She's called Emma Webb and she um, sadly her lost her daughter to suicide in 2020. So she's doing this campaign called Do It For Brody. That was the name of her daughter was Brody, And she has actually walked from Chepstow to London. So when I heard about her, um, I thought, well, we need to welcome her to London. We need to put our, our arms around her and say, you know, we're with you. So um, she was dragging a resin horse that weighed 30 kilograms with her. So Trigger and I went to meet her in central London and we walked part of the journey with her. So, um, yeah, Trigger and I get about a bit, you know. <laughs> he can't go everywhere with me, but he does like a bit of attention. <laughs> He's a bit of a diva. How have you found all the talks? So what, what's the largest audience you've stood up and spoken to? Oh, gosh, I've done some quite big ones, yeah. Um I've got used to it now, I think. I think I've settled into it. Sometimes it's a little bit daunting. I once had to speak to about, oh, there was about a thousand people and Princess Anne was in the front row. So that was a little bit unnerving. Um, but yeah, I've got used to it and you just have to sort of, um, gauge the audience, I guess. Because you you know if you you can you can sort of read the room 
and see where to spend more time and where to move on. So I've got better at it, I think. Yeah, for sure. And and I enjoy it, meeting lots of different people and getting a strong, positive message out there about horses. That's the most important thing, the positive messages, which you uh, continue to, to do. Uh, another positive message you're sending out sort of bi-weekly is your affection for Brentford Football Club, the Bees, and Woody Welcomes. How rewarding has that been this season? Yeah, I absolutely love it. I love Brentford. I love football. And, um, yeah, the, the whole thing about Woody Welcomes, it's a little bit like horses and the horse racing. You know, the public get to hear negative stories. So the newspapers and the news, they love a bit of negativity, don't they, when something's gone wrong. They love to splash that in the paper. So my sort of thought process was, I want to say all the good stuff about football. I want, I want people to know what all these Premier League clubs do behind the scenes and all the big clubs. I don't I haven't researched the smaller ones, so I don't know. Um, but the, all the, all the, uh, 20 Premier League clubs, they all do loads of really great things within their own communities. So I started Woody Welcomes to highlight those things and to show people that football is for everyone. And we've definitely achieved that because people have contacted me and said, I didn't know I could go to football or can you help me find um, a community football group where I live and so on. So, yeah, it's been it's been brilliant. And um, Woody is a big part of the Brentford family and um, he's um, part of the Brentford Penguins, which is a football club for those with Down syndrome. So. That's a, that's a huge part of his life and, and mine now, really. And as we as we chat here, 11th in the Premier League, you're confident that Brentford are going to stay up again this year? Yeah, we hope so. We, we hope so. I mean, we just enjoy the ride as Brentford fans. You know, everything's a bonus and it, it still feels like very, very much like a family club and I don't think it will ever lose that and... We, we, we're happy sitting at 11th because, um, you know, we don't obviously don't want to be relegated, but, um, we, we don't want, we don't want to aim too high to see what happens to some of the other clubs when they've got other things to concentrate on. So, but yeah, we absolutely love going to football and, um, we've got a huge, feels like we've got a massive family of like thousands of people that, um, that are our Brentford family. On the subject of family, what's Christmas? going to be like at park lane stables uh well <laughs> hopefully peaceful but with horses you know that probably won't happen they'll probably break out of the field or do something really dramatic on christmas day i'm just waiting for that um but no we're planning on having a peaceful christmas and we've we welcomed our home to um people that haven't got anywhere to go so we'll have a few people here, which we've always traditionally done. And anybody that um, doesn't have their own family or doesn't want to be on their own, they're, they're welcome with us. So um, yeah, and they'll be. We'll we'll have a little trip down the pub as well at some point at lunchtime. So oh, and I'm doing park run on Christmas Day because I'm a great big park run geek. So. <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be a busy Christmas day, but hopefully a peaceful one. No dramas, horses, please. <laughs> and in 2024, Park Lane Stables is coming home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're coming home. So 
Yeah, it feels like, you know, it's taken forever to get here, but it's definitely going to be worth the wait. And I, I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like, you know. So, um, yeah, 2024 is going to be a really big year for Park Lane Stables. And um, hopefully we can help even more people and bring horses into the lives of people that haven't yet met horses. So, so that's our aim. And just to keep doing what we do and, um, you know, keep keep making people happy. That's our sort of mission statement is that we want people to leave happier than when they arrived. So and that's what we do on a daily basis. Well, keep up doing the good work, Natalie. I'm sure you will. And keep Thank uh, you. Um, spreading the, the, the gospel of, of of horses to all those young children and adults in this, the city of London. And thank you again for being on the paddock and the pavilion. Oh, pleasure. And happy Christmas to all the listeners and a, and a happy 2024. Sports Social Podcast Network.